This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Returning to the program, Kelly McDonald here with Ramia Amadin in Toronto. And I'm hanging out at the London Home Studio. She's available on Twitter at uh, AllRams with a Z. I'm available at AMI Kelly Mac. Maybe give us a follow. And we appreciate you wherever you are hanging out with us and your valuable time. We're here weekdays from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Repeated the show at 10 p.m. Eastern. Also look for our podcast. You can subscribe to the Kelly and Romeo podcast at your convenience on your favorite podcast platform. And while you're in there, would you mind giving us a rating and review? Uh, as mentioned, uh, this is hour two of the show, and Kelly McDonald, Ramya Muthan. And we kick off hour two, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, with a community report. And we go all around Canada to find out what's going on in the disability community. Uh, and people give us some fantastic things to look forward to, news, happenings, events. Today we're checking in with Marisa Hersey Meisner in St. John, New Brunswick, our newest community reporter, or at least one of. Marisa, nice to have you back on. Well, thank you. It's great to be on. Thank you. And I'm loving, you know, all the wintry kind of things that everyone's been highlighting, and you're no different. Let's talk with the uh, about the Fundy Winterfest in six communities this is taking place. Yes, it is. It's a six community, six week event, and it started on February 1st and ends on March the 12th. And uh, basically, it's uh, for people to be able to come and celebrate and embrace winter and have an opportunity to connect uh, across generations, communities, and classes and cultures. And so the communities of Ross, Aquist, Pam, Hampton, St. John, Grand Bay, Westfield, and St. Martin's uh, all would like to welcome all the participants uh, for winter events. And what kind of winter events are we talking about? Well, we're talking about uh, skating, skiing, snowshoeing, um, uh, snow sculptures, and uh, then we're we, we're even talking about some other events that don't have to do with anything to do with snow, okay. um, like our newcomers uh, connection, which is all about learning how to communicate with our newcomers. And then there's another one that I was kind of interested when I seen uh, a wine testing uh, event. And so, yeah, that uh, sounds like really a lot of fun. I know that there is, um, uh, if you don't like winter and you don't like the cold, there is a list of, of events that uh, doesn't have anything to do, as I said, with outside in the cold. So you can come on inside and um enjoy a nice cup of hot uh, chocolate, coffee, tea, and, um, you know, and so forth. And um, you can find uh, the list of events on Facebook at um, at uh, Fundy Winterfest. And every community, like the six communities that you've mentioned, are, is it a bit different depending on the community what's being offered, Marisa? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um one of the events, and and I would have loved to have gone to it, they had a hockey event, um, and you were able to play with the Sea Dogs. And oh. uh, so they are our local uh, hockey team. So huh. that was uh, an event that I would have loved to have gone to. That sounds really fun. Definitely community building. And I really appreciate that, you know, they have all the, the typical uh, winter activities for people to take part in. Then there's the, well, I don't really love winter, but uh, let's go inside and enjoy ourselves. And then also, I think, again, tapping into the what's hard about winter, right? Like the newcomers program and, and uh, others that you mentioned means it's being catered to people who might be struggling at this time of year, um, maybe still getting used to the, the season or everything else that comes with it. So there's something for everybody, even, even in terms of resources. Exactly. And I do know that the Canadian Mental Health Association is also offering during this season, I think it's even started today, um, a depression workshop because we know that winter can be difficult and, mm. and can be, you know, a bit stressful. And, and after coming out of COVID and so forth, people are still still trying to make their way. 
Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, this is fantastic. We'll send people to the blog, ami.ca slash kellyco, because you've provided all the information and the link with the full list of events that people can check out. Okay. Exactly. Now, if you're not able to uh, to attend those events because you're, you're, you don't live in the greater St. John region, mm -hmm. there is a, a second event that I have here um, near the Fredericton area. Uh, it's the Winter Wonderland Forest Gate, um, and basically it is a nature trail with twinkling lights, uh, and the trail is about 900 meters, and it's um, six to eight uh, feet wide in, in some areas. And um, so it's kind of like the renal canal where you can just you know, skate and have yeah. fun. There is a, a small little fee to that event, uh, approximately $4.50. Um, and that's located at the Mactapak uh, Provincial Park. Nice. Very, very nice. Uh, really wonderful to get those chances to to do some skating. And I love what these two events, I mean, I, yeah, I'm more that let's stand inside by the door where we get that cold and, and that coming in and I get my hot chocolate. But when, there's nothing like skating out in that cold and then being warmed up by the hot chocolate. Uh, you also have something else I find really interesting, taking in some music, some traditional Irish music. Yes, I'm so excited about this. I just wish I wasn't going away this weekend because I would have been so there. Uh, so Lunissa, or Lunissa, or I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly, but they are a traditional band and they are going to be at uh, the Imperial Theatre and they are considered the world's best Celtic traditional band. And wow. Lunissa was formed in 1997 uh, from basically members of um, the greatest Irish groups um, in the previous decade. That's phenomenal. That is really great. And when you get something like that right down the road from you, where you can take it in and really enjoy. Now, do you know, is, is this their first visit? I'm not 100% sure about that. Uh, this is the first I've seen of it, um, but... Uh, I'm not 100% sure. It, they've not mentioned it that in any of the information that I've seen. So I would think that it would be their first. Okay. How but, many shows are they doing? Do we know do how we many know shows how many... they're doing, Marisa? Um, I think they're only doing the one. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. But in uh, the because the only one that I had seen was on the Saturday, February 11th. And at and it starts at seven thirty p.m. Now the wow. tickets, you know, some may say they're a little expensive, but uh, they're forty two dollars and fifty cents for adults. But if you are a member of the Imperial Theater, they're thirty seven fifty. And so, but I I think it's a, a great price for an evening out. I mean, if you're going to go to a dinner and maybe a movie, you're going to spend that anyway. Mm -hmm. So yeah, why not go and 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 enjoy uh, great music? I mean, they, uh, I I've listened, I've been listening to, ever since I've seen this. I've been listening to them on <laughs> Apple Music, and I yep. am just loving it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what's really amazing too when you look at a show like this in a space like that, there is a little, you know, limited seating, but you've got great seating, great acoustics, and a place where wonderful music like this should be. So forty-two dollars, I, I, no, I, I don't think that's a lot of money at all. I think that's pretty mm -hmm. darn good, especially in these times. Um, again, we'll put this up on the blog, ami.ca/slash, Helico. I love taking this season to, you know, enjoy the outdoor sports and activities when you can, but also to enjoy anything arts-related, um, theater and music and concerts and whatever, because it's just, it feels so fitting this time of year. And so you have one more shout-out to the Arts A Play that's coming up. Yes, this play, oh, this is another one that... Uh, I, I do plan to to attend. This is um, a play by the uh, put on by the St. John Theatre Company, and it's called Copenhagen. And um, I think this is going to be a great uh, great series. I actually have already heard they've they've had this uh, series on previously, and I've heard great reviews and and great comments from persons in the community. So um, you know, and this. 
this is only uh, the tickets are only $25 for an adult or $20 if you're a student. So I think, um, you know, you can't miss out on on Copenhagen. Now, do we know anything about the play itself? Uh, yeah, it is uh, in uh, it's about um, in 1941, the German physicist uh, Werner Werner Heisenberg made a strange trip to Copenhagen to see his uh, old teacher and colleagues. Um, now, he, he met uh, Niels Bohr, and these two Nobel Prize winning physicists had revolutionized atomic physics in the 1920s uh, with their work together in quantum mechanics. Um, and basically, they, they ended up finding themselves on opposite sides in the World War. Mm. Oh, that definitely sounds juicy. Uh, it's not a musical, is it? I don't think so, okay. no. Um, but I, I do know that, you know, there, there probably is some music um, to some degree. Right. But I don't think it's classified as a musical. I hadn't seen anything where it said it's musical. Okay. Well, we've squeezed. I just wanted to make sure uh, make sure that people knew that the location is at the BMO Studio yes. Theater on uh, Princess Street. Amazing. We've squeezed everything in, Marisa. I'm very excited about all the things that are coming up and uh, that you'll attend and maybe even review with us next time you're on. Yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. Well, enjoy your trip and thank you so much for coming on. Okay. Thanks. Have a great day. Marisa Hersey Miner, uh, Meisner is uh, joining us from St. John, New Brunswick to talk about all the things that are going on there. Lots of great activities for you to take part from the community. And if you go to ami.ca slash Co, you'll get the full details of everything that she's highlighted on the community report. Hot chocolate. I love whenever it comes up at this time of the year. And it is that in every that community report. Oh, yeah. for good heavens, yeah, and it's everywhere because that's what we do, and it's, boy, is it that thing that kind of soothes you, kind of makes you feel good for the cold, but also just that thing, I guess, brings us back to childhood and makes us feel really nice, and hey, I'm a kid again, and of course, the cold, well, we know what that does to us. Yeah. Always good to be warmed up by that hot chocolate and uh, and get that smile and hot chocolate mustache on your face. We'll be back in a couple of moments, folks. And when we return, we're going to stick a little bit with um, events here because if you're looking for something to do on BC's Family Day, Graham Foxcroft from the Vancouver Eclipse hockey team has some information on a real fun outing for the whole family. Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. I was joking before the break, you know, getting into that hot chocolate, because of course, so many of our winter events, it's so cold, but you're running around, you're having fun. I used to have the privilege as a kid, I remember of being able to toboggan down a ski hill here in London, Ontario. And we had access and they let us do it. It was a heck of a time, but there was nothing like going home and getting into that hot chocolate. Kelly McDonald here, Ramya Muthan. We are the hosts of Kelly and Ramya. Thank you for being with us today on the program. I want to stick with um, the subject of, you know, kind of that skating and having fun. And our next guest can tell us a lot about that, especially if you're looking for something to do out in uh, British Columbia on the family day on the 20th. Uh, Graham Foxcroft joins us from the Vancouver Eclipse Blind Hockey Team. And he's got some uh, information for us uh, about a really fun event that the whole family can be a part of. Graham, thanks for being a part of the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, this is always fun when we get to talk, uh, not only blind hockey, but an event to really get people out there, get them interested, get, of course, the knowledge. Uh, tell us a little bit about the event you're hosting on the 20th. Uh, Monday the 20th, a family day uh, long weekend here in BC. We are hosting a uh, family day skate. It's our annual one. We've done about five or six of them. We can't remember exactly the number, but that's okay. Um, we're hosting it um, on the 20th, and we're going to get things going about 1030 um, at Moody Rink. Families, kids, anyone who hasn't tried ice skating or would like to try, we're welcome to come out. Uh, the Eclipse players will be there to help out, teach people. Uh, there'll be skate rentals and free ice. Wow, what a lot of fun. And I mean, 
free ice alone, just saying that is worth so much. But not only that, we get to learn about blind hockey even for people who may be checking out our show for the first time and hearing of blind hockey for the first time. Tell us why people should go out there and try out blind hockey. Well, blind hockey is a fun sport. It's, uh, it builds the community. It brings people together. It teaches them about team sports. Um, I've been playing since 95, and it's the only ice hockey I've played. Um, growing up, I wasn't able to because of my vision. Uh, my parents didn't think it would be too safe for me. As soon as I found out about this, I was hooked and stayed. Uh, BC Blind Sports is a big sponsor and helps us out with these fund events and um you know help us with the program we are a bc blind sports program so um just getting out there to meet people um just being able to get out on the ice it's uh, a really free feeling who would you say should be out there i mean we obviously know you want to attract potential players the knowledge of it out there but if you're if someone says to you well i don't know i'm, I'm kind of curious of it but who would you be guys be targeting uh, anyone who's visually impaired, anyone who has uh, sight loss, uh, we want them to come out and know that they are able to do things that they may think they're not able to do. Uh, blind hockey is something that you're able to do. Uh, it's got an adapted puck. It's got adapted rules for people that are visually impaired. So um, anyone who is visually impaired, we are starting to get a youth program going. Um, it's not up and running. We do have another event coming up on the 26th uh, for youth and kids to come and try blind hockey as well. Um, after the family skate, we are going to be doing a demo game of blind hockey so that everyone can see um, how hockey works for the visually impaired and blind folks. When you guys, and you just took the words out of my mouth, I was going to ask you kind of what, what does a day like this look like? So I'll move on to when you guys hold a day like this, and it's it's a family fun information, is a little different than, hey, come out, uh, do a tryout day of blind hockey. This is a, a little bit different. But for you guys uh, as a team, as people promoting the sport, what does this kind of event do for you? I mean, you've been doing it five, six years. Over that time, what have you uh, gleaned as the win-win the, the for you guys? Um, it's an opportunity for us to meet new potential players, maybe get players to come out and try blind hockey. We've had a couple of players come out to the family skate and then stuck around and played hockey with us. Um, so it, it's a really opportunity to promote blind hockey, um, just to be to allow families to see it, to understand that, you know, it, yes, hockey can be a dangerous sport, but it also can be a really fun sport too. Mm -hmm. uh, if people want to register and come out and take part in it, where can they learn more? Uh, they could uh, email uh, info at bcblindsports.bc.ca. So there's an S on the end of sports on there. Um, or they can contact uh, BC Blind Sports at 604-325-8638 or myself at gfoxcroft11 at gmail.com. Okay. Before I, I let Ramya jump back in here and ask any questions she's got for you, I, I'm kind of curious if you could talk to the people out there who may be curious, somebody who's a big hockey fan who has is like you were back in the late 90s, hearing of this and saying, what? What is this? This is something I can do that I couldn't be a part of before, but I'm a huge hockey fan. I love it. Can you talk to that individual and kind of go through those emotions, those experiences, especially as you guys have done these, the, the similar stories that you've probably heard back from day one when you held one of these, somebody tried it out and now they're playing with you. For sure. It's um, really a confidence thing, building up your confidence to get out back on the ice again. Um, you know, ice is hard, it hurts, and people may remember playing hockey and being bumped around and, and you know, those things happen. But just the camaraderie between the players, um, the friendships that people build, um, just the emotion that you could feel learning to play hockey and, and be around hockey, um, it, it's just unbelievable. It's amazing that um, the friends that I've made over the years playing hockey, um, the friends I'm going to make is it's just really good. And in that same regard, Graham, I'm curious about getting able-bodied people involved with blind hockey as well. You know, the 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 sport and the spirit of it is, um, and the camaraderie, as you mentioned, is really built on 
everybody and anybody. And that support kind of extends into uh, people joining the community who may not even um, have any exposure to blind hockey, to para sport, right? For sure. We do rely a lot on our uh, volunteers who are sighted, uh, you know, getting us around from places to places when we're going on tour tournaments we take our volunteers with us uh, to help us guide us around the communities that we might go to and tournaments and stuff um, they help set up the nets we have refs we we're looking for coaches so if anyone's interested in getting involved with blind hockey think that this might be a fit for them please reach out to bc blind sports and um, you know they'll get a hold of me and we'll we'll connect for sure that growth usually, is it done through word of mouth or is it social media? Like, where do you find it's most uh, prevalent when you're getting other people involved, like the, the sighted volunteers and coaches? Um, usually word of mouth um, depends on, you know, we've had some coaches come that uh, players have hired as a goalie coach to do some training and stuff like that. Um, Joey Ali is one of our goalie coaches that comes out and helps every now and then when he can. Um, he goes on trips with us and helps us get around the place. So, yeah, a lot of it's word of mouth. Uh, the events we're hosting, family will get involved sometimes, right? Having family there, you know, we've got volunteer fathers that come out and help with the dressing rooms and stuff like that as well right so you know it's word of mouth really um or if people are interested you know just connecting with bc blind sports nice yeah really nice yeah i know that you know in some communities where um parasport is just growing like blind hockey is one but anything really where uh, you're still trying to build it from the ground up. There's so much to be learned. And that's whether you're a player or a coach or, um, you know, just someone learning about, hearing about the sport. There's uh, mm. a lot of that volunteerism and love and passion and just showing up in and watching it grow that way. Exactly. Uh, we work closely with Canadian Blind Hockey and they're trying to grow the sport across Canada, yes. uh, across the world, right? So uh, there's a tournament coming up at the end of March um, in Toronto where they're going to expect about 200 blind hockey players from around the world to come. Um, there's going to be players from the USA, from England, from the nether, uh, from, sorry, um, <laughs> the <laughs> Netherlands area and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's growing. Um, to get it into the Paralympics is a goal of Canadian blind hockey as well. And to do that, they need to have 10 countries participated in a national in a tournament, um, and then they could go from there. So, mm -hmm. you know, it is taking a lot of time to get it built up. Up, right we've been working really hard since 2010 to get it going um whereas all the teams across canada united and kind of picked the same rules pick the puck we're going to use um go over everything like that as a team uh canadian blind hockey's been a huge promoter of that for us as well what's the yeah, current a, puck by the way process oh yes the puck is a metal puck it's uh about the five centimeters wide and about two centimeters high from the traditional puck okay it's made out of metal it's got ball bearings inside um so it rattles as it's going along the ice or it, sometimes in the air because uh that's one of the issues we have in with it but it's pretty good so yeah 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 it, it's quite a for people who haven't seen it uh, and again a lot go out to the event in toronto which is amazing when it's held at Mattamy. um it's really powerful i think for a lot of people because of its relatability to people who may be outside of the low vision and blind community able to grab onto it but you guys also the folks over in the u.s for example a lot of the NF nhl teams also support some of the blind hockey teams mm -hmm. and it's just showing that growth in canada it's been tremendous because mm -hmm. you know everybody's been so keen on it the support they've had but when you think about the netherlands or you think about the uk and you just wonder what are their programs like is it just a few people out there batting it around that come to a tournament like toronto and, and are just amazed but going back to what i said that sponsorship that support from the nhl teams i'm sure you guys have heard how wonderful that must be for so many of those blind hockey teams in the states for sure. The States, uh, U.S. hockey has uh, backed up the blind hockey movement there and helped grow that sport in the States. Um, you know, like you said, there's lots of te NHL teams that have supported it. The Pittsburgh Penguins, Anaheim Ducks, mm. Colorado, St. Louis, right? 
tons of teams have backed it up. Minnesota is one of them as well. Um, and they that's great that we they've got the support. Um, we do have support from the Toronto Maple Police, uh, the Calgary uh, Flames have helped us out. The Vancouver Canucks alumni has helped us out with things here. Um, so we're we're still trying to grow it and get get more into there. But uh, it it takes time to get that and build the community, yes. right? So yeah, yeah, yes, it does, and it takes localities who are doing it well to kind of bring on the inspiration, bring on the the momentum. Um, because as you said, like Canada's trying to the bigger picture of Canada having blind hockey across the board that takes time but we need to look at you know certain cities that are already doing it well and then um, have the collaborations that way and with the pro sports like you you've both mentioned for sure. It, it's very important that uh, we get the pro sports involved because hockey is for everybody, right? So yes. let's yes. make it for yeah. everybody and let's let's get it out there, right? So uh, having these events uh, like the Family Skate, the Learn to Skate Youth Program on the 26th we're doing uh, mm-hmm. in, in Surrey here um, and the tournament. Um, I participated in the Western, fi- uh, the Western tournament in Calgary in November. Um, one silver but uh it was a fun tournament and it got people out there one of our new players was that was one of his first hockey tournaments that he mm. was able to come and enjoy um wow. and see what blind hockey is and now he's hooked he's definitely coming to toronto and wanting to continue on with this right so um yeah. just trying out these sports and, and, and just give it a try that's all you got to do yes come out and give it a try if you like it you might stick around if you don't well, yep. that's okay yep. at least you tried it right right you you can get so hooked so easy on them and it's just wonderful and that first experience is second to none grant once again tell us how people can reach out if they want to come out to skate on the 20th uh bc blind sports at info at bc blind sports dot bc dot ca remember the s on sports in the little tag there um or call 604-325-8638 or you can email me at gfoxcroft11 at gmail.com awesome well good luck on the the the, the 20th good luck in the tournament and all going forward uh thanks a lot for making time for us that was graham foxcroft updating us on the vancouver eclipse blind hockey team and so much more in blind hockey conversation Coming up next, business planning is easier than you think, and it's easy to get started. Entrepreneur Kevin Shaw explains next on Kelly and Ramya. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. Settling back in for the remainder of the program. Thank you. Glad you came back. Ramya Muthan, Kelly McDonald, hosts of the program. And always so many great conversations. We've had quite a few. And Will, later on in the program, we'll tease you a little bit about what's coming up on tomorrow's show, as well as check out what the gang over at Now with Dave Brown has for us. But now, Ramya, time to do a little business discussion. Mm-hmm. We're bringing back Entrepreneurship Talk every other week on Wednesdays with Kevin Shaw. And Kev, you're saying that business planning is easier than we think. It's straightforward to get it started. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Um, how about we break down why we should be planning a business in the first place and not just <laughs> jumping into it and, uh, <laughs> you know, going improv style. And beyond my lemonade stand, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for having me back on. Um, so uh, here's the thing. Uh, if if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Mm. And if you've got a great business idea, you might think in your head, you know what? This is a slam dunk. Uh, everyone's going to want this. I know everyone's going to want this. You know, here's a solution that I made or I've got, you know, the hot new recipe or the hot new whatever. Um, and business planning helps you think about the things that you might not have thought about uh, when you were sort of on that high of thinking about, hey, I've, I've got the next big idea. Is that when you should involve people to in that, hey, man, I'm thinking of doing this. I mean, obviously, we get sensitive of I don't want to be laughed. I don't want to give away my secrets. I know sure. for some for some of us, that's our earliest thoughts. But there's something to be said about so what do you think of that well i actually think the problem with that would be what well, oh geez i never thought of that well you know uh, i'll speak to a point that you brought up which is you know what if someone steals my idea and they go and they do it and what i tell people all the time is you know you're the one who's willing to put in all the time and the effort to bring mm. that to bring that business to reality 
who else is going to go and do that on on you know your idea um you know you're the one who's going to sit sit up at, late at night worrying about how to get this into the hands of of the people who need the solution but you know business planning is is really about answering those tough questions figuring out how to get the product from your your head or let's say it's a, it's a basic prototype into the hands of the customer and there're going to be a lot of roadblocks along the way the the time to get started is um at the beginning so maybe maybe you've already come up with a solution to the problem that you're solving we talked about that last time i was on about you know finding a problem that irritates you so much you can't help but solve it yourself <laughs> yeah. um yeah. but you know it's like okay i've i've tried it out maybe like three or four times um people seem to to really like what i'm what i'm offering now it's time to like take a step back do some business planning and and figure out you know where are the where are the holes in this what what am i missing to to take this from you know doing this for my friends and family to doing it at scale yeah yeah is this the hardest part of it planning it 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 it's the hardest part at first because just like anything right we we want to procrastinate um oh i'm going to do that later or you know i'll have time to you know, kind of eke something out if if I get called in for you know an investment meeting or I've got to go to the bank for a loan or something. But the the best time to start is now. And even if you've been running a business for a while, it's it's good to put things on paper and just get the thoughts out of your head and into um, you know into a word document or something so that you can actually take stock of where you are and where you want to go. There's that. Um... Yeah, I don't know what you'd really call it, but there's that epiphany or that moment where you're like, oh my gosh, this is my idea. That's awesome. And you start dreaming big about where this idea could take you, that Amazon, that, you know, yeah. like that, that big <laughs> venture. But you need to kind of get your head out of the clouds and be able to tactilely put some things down, right? So how do we do that? Where Where do we go for the business planning part of it? Well, the great thing about the internet is that business planning resources are are everywhere. Um, there's one that that I like to use. It's called the 20 minute business plan. It's like 20 minutes. I can write a business plan in 20 minutes. Yeah. That's great. So as long as a segment. Yeah. Uh, so if you go to if you just go to Google and you type in the 20 minute business plan, it'll be like one of the first links that comes up. There's a bunch of them. It's it's based on what's called the business model canvas, and it's it's nine questions that all sort of link into each other about, you know, what's the problem? What's the solution? How are you going to measure the, you know, that the solution is working? Um, who do you need to get involved? Uh, how are you going to sell? Um, you know, these kinds of things are, are questions that, that the entrepreneur needs to answer when they're, when they're putting a business together. And, you know, right off the top, when, when we say business plan, people have in their head like this, massive thick 50 page document that you know you're going to hand to some uh, investor and it's going to be full of numbers and 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 so forth and you know that's certainly a part of it and you'll you'll want to write one for yourself one day that that has all of that in it but even just to get those those ideas down in in 20 minutes you know set a timer and 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 just just do it and just write it out in point form here's the problem here's the solution uh, here's how I'm going to measure whether or not the solution's working. Um, you know, here's how I'm going to measure my success. Here are the sales channels that I'm going to use. Uh, here are the people I need to get involved. You know, um, here's here's how I'm going to price it. Um, if you can if you can just quickly jot those down, you're you're well on your way to coming up with some kind of a plan. Um, that's far better than just kind of guessing along the way. Sure. Um, yeah, exactly. Mailing it in kind of thing. Yeah, or mm -hmm. trying to figure out the problems or the solutions to the problems as they arise rather than having yeah. gone through the situations beforehand, right? So, Kev, these uh, hypotheticals that you, you mentioned, the specific scenarios, are they similar to the questions that you'd find online to answer? Absolutely. Okay. Um, so when you go through the 20-minute business plan, they basically ask you just that, and um, a lot of uh, there are some um, some uh, what do you call them T templates out there that will ask you those questions and say um, you know give you an example of a of a business plan that's already been completed for 
I don't know, something like a food truck or, um, you know, a wedding planning mm. business or, you know, things like that. And so you can learn a lot from reading other people's plans and, and mm-hmm. going, oh, okay, you know, this doesn't have to be that complicated. Do you think that that's a, that can also be a deterrence for people? Like knowing that their ideas or similar ideas to theirs are out there already, can that make you feel discouraged? Like, oh, someone's already got this out there. Or like, how do you encourage people to use that as a, um, as a build guide. building block and a guide? Yeah. Well, one of the things that, that we always ask about when we're looking at a business plan and I'm getting ready to shoot season two of Mind Your Own Business this summer on AMI TV, um, is what's your unique selling proposition? What makes you, you? Why should I buy ice cream from you rather than from Baskin Robbins or the grocery store or Dairy Queen? Mm-hmm. Um, is there something unique about the ice cream that you're offering? Are you... Um, you know, is is that is it made with a special process? Is it the perfect temperature so you don't get brain freeze? Um, you know, there's something that's unique about your business that nobody else can copy. And if you can articulate that well in your business plan, then that looks really attractive to um, to the people who are going to read it. Yeah, and I think, like you said, it's that guide. It's it's proofing it on your own. And going over it, that really is that 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 whole selling point. When you look at these the guides, the things online, mm-hmm. I, I often wonder: with do people sit there and defeat themselves sometimes? Whether it's giving up the time or thinking, "Oh, there's too much to be done." You're saying here, you know, hey guys, just have some notes, some questions, some ways of working. Take 20 minutes even to, to yeah. put it down. But I know some people get really sidetracked and not necessarily, oh, you know, it, they can defeat themselves pretty easily. Even even if you can answer one of those questions a day, that's a right. great start. You know, like I'm going to take the next week, you know, the next nine days, I'm going to answer these nine questions that are on the 20 minute business mm. plan. And I'm just going to, you know what, five minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day. And I'm just going to write out point form. Don't edit. Just get it out. Get it all out yeah. on paper. Get it yes. all out on, uh, uh, you know, in Word or Notepad or whatever. Back to it the next day and read it, and you'll refine it. And and um, you know, things will eventually get to the point where it's like, okay, I can get rid of the things that I don't need because this was a really dumb idea when I wrote it down a week ago. Um, and now here are the things that actually stick out to me, and these actually work. So. Yeah, and the more you say, uh, like you break down this process of just you know plan it out, the more um, I agree that this is what sets you apart from just like the idea person, right? The the person with the idea that it doesn't necessarily go anywhere. Um, this is what's going to make you feel like you're actually embarking full fledged in a business venture. Sure, and and you know I think about the people who have got those ideas and it's like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, do an app or I'm going to go out and like, you know, bake pies or, you know, do whatever. It's like, well, I think the opposite of that is true as well. That, you know, if you're, if you're sitting at home and you're crocheting, you know, a bunch of beanies and you've got the, all these beanies kind of piled up in your house and you're like, you know, I shouldn't say beanies. I should say toques because we're Canadian, eh? Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. You know, if you've got a whole bunch of, uh, you know, scars and toques and mitts and, and so forth just piled up in your house, what's what's your plan to sell them? How mm-hmm. are you going to sell them? These are the questions that the business plan yeah. is going to answer. Yeah. And and not let yourself cycle too much going back and forth. But, Kevin, that's great. But you do need to refer to that plan fairly often to keep yourself, what would you say, you call it honest or on track? Because we can keep going over and fixing and revising before we ever start moving to move those toques. Well, that's, I mean, that's part of, that's part of running a business is that you're, yeah. you're going to set out time once a week, once every two weeks, once a month, whatever it is, once a quarter to go back to that business plan and say, you know what, things have changed really quickly in, in 30, 60, 90 days. Yep. Um, you know, the market's changed, the environment's changed. Conditions, um, yes. You know, somebody, somebody just joined my team who's got expertise in this or somebody left my team. How do I how do I account for that in the business plan? Um, and now you can go back and say, uh, here are the things that have changed, and now the plan is starting to look a little bit different. And here are the activities that I'm going to undertake over the next you know thirty days, sixty days, ninety days. 
Can we talk a little bit more about that difference? Um, you know, small-scale businesses versus if you are going out and making the next Facebook, right? It can look very different in the business planning stage. It can, but it's not, you know, it's not, um, you know, the 20-minute business plan is, is just, you know, it's really popular in the startup world where, uh, you know, you've got, um, you know, an app and you've got certain ways to get that app into the customer's hands. Maybe it's through the app store, maybe it's, uh, you know, a web app or something. Um, but there's really no difference between that and, you know, deciding to make, uh, you know, disrupt pizza and, and, you know, make the next Pizza Hut or something. Um, you know, you've got to, you still need that plan there and entrepreneurship is both big and small. And I think if you've, yeah. if you've got that plan, that's going to build in the discipline that you need in order to, um, to take that business to the next level, which is, which is where you want to be. You don't want to be, you know, sitting at home and, and crocheting hats and scarves and, and, and mitts and, and just not, uh, not selling them, you know, does that, does that translate into, um, you know, selling them at the flea market and at the, mm. you know, the church bazaar. And then eventually you've got your own, um, you know, you've got some, some store space and, you know, moving it online and, and, you know, these things kind of grow and grow and grow. Um, and they always start as, as really small, you know, we all know about the, the story of the entrepreneur who started in the kitchen or started in the garage. Mm -hmm. Like that's where all of these things begin. Yeah, for sure. What if you don't know the answer through your planning uh, of, of a question that you are planning it out and you think, geez, I don't really know how that would be solved or how we do that, whatever it might be. Well, that's where the networking comes in. Right. And, and I think that when you're, maybe you're doing this with a friend or maybe you're doing this with somebody in your family or maybe you're just doing this by yourself, but there are people out there with those answers. Um, maybe it starts with a Google search. Um, you'd be surprised how many people um, that we talked to last year on, on mind your own business said, I started my business by just Googling everything. Right. And um, you know, I just, it was like, you know uh, you know, suppliers of, you know, these things near me. Um, you know, how do I find marketing people near me? How do I find lawyers near me? <clears throat> and, um, you know, maybe it starts that way, but, but work your own networks. Is there somebody in your family who knows someone? Is there a mm -hmm. friend who knows somebody? Is there somebody, you know, from school or, um, you know, church or the gym or, you know, wherever who knows somebody that, that might be able to provide those answers. And, you know, maybe they're not, they're not the answers you're looking for, or maybe they're not the complete answer, but at least they might put you on the right track to say, you know what? I don't know somebody, but somebody else that I know does have the answer to that. And, you know, why don't I make an, uh, uh, an introduction and you can talk to them. Kev, if people are like 20 minutes is just too much, I'm so excited. I really want to get things going. What are the top questions that they need to ask themselves just to put it down on paper and get started? Uh, I'd, I'd say there's, there's three, maybe four questions. So what's the problem? Can, can you clearly articulate the problem? Um, you know, Ice cube trays are not, uh, you know, built for whatever. Um, how, what is the solution? And how are you going to get the answer to the problem? Or how are you going to get the solution to the people who have that problem? And then I would say, how do you measure that success? Mm. You know, is it the number of sales? Is it the number of people that are downloading your app? Is it the number of people who are walking into your store? Is it the number of... Uh, inquiries you get on the phone, there's some number that you can attach to measure how successful you are. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And we all want to, you want to know, you want to know that direction that what you're doing is right, but also not be knee jerk in reactions to that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, quickly tell us, like, we know why it's important to keep checking that business plan, right? Things are changing all the time. Absolutely. Um, you know, as I said before, um, you know, things change, circumstances change, um, people change. You might say, you know what, I had the idea that I was going to sell cookies and cakes and, um, you know, uh, uh, tiramisu, but it actually just turns out I'm really good at baking cookies. So I'm just going to eliminate the <laughs> other things in my product line and just do cookies. Or, you know, in the example I gave earlier about crocheting, it's like, 
nobody's nobody's buying hats and mitts, but everyone loves scarves. So I'm just going to focus on right. That. And and you know you're going to get those answers when you have those numbers. Which is why it's important to put the numbers in to begin with. Kev, really insightful information. Next time we're talking about sales and whether we like it or not, we're all in sales. So we'll (laughs) dig deeper into that one. Thank you for your time. Thanks so much. Kevin Shaw joining us every other Wednesday to talk entrepreneurship. We'll find out what's coming up tomorrow now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv and tell you a little bit about our show, the Thursday edition. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. We always take a couple of moments at the end of the show just to revisit the program. In case you want to check something out via the podcast, the Kelly and Ramya podcast, which you can subscribe using your favorite podcatcher. Ramya, the segment that you just want to remind people in case they didn't get enough of, maybe some more details they need, which one today? Well, if you want a list of British, uh, what what are they even called, investigation shows, you know, investigation dramas, then go back to Greg David's segment because he gave you a full list of everything he approves because he watches these shows himself uh, and a lot of them available with audio description and on a streaming service if you don't have conventional TV. So there's just a lot, a variety. There was a real <laughs> tremendous variety uh, with what he had there. And I think some angles too that we really, haven't thought about right i i don't really think of the shows that way and we were talking shows that were placed in england they didn't have to be made there and that was one of those facts that i oh yeah yeah good point good point so really great you can do that subscribe and check out the podcast you can also while you're in there subscribing subscribe to now with Dave brown their show on the air at 9 a.m in the morning right here on the network on the ami tv And you can see what they've got going on when you settle back and enjoy the program. But we can also tease you a little bit and tell you because we welcome in Paul Daniel, his job, producer over there on the program. Give us some ideas, sir. What's up and on tap? Hey, Kelly. On tomorrow's show, a new survey shows Canadians are feeling significant economic anxiety given the way the economy is going right now. Uh, Aaron Brougham will discuss uh, what this means and what demographics are feeling the economic pinch more than others. It's not a, it's not, it's not a, it's not an equal anxiety being shared by other, by all people. Some are feeling it worse than others. Don Dickinson will preview a story about a scandal-plagued private college in Montreal and its impact on international students. And big news from Microsoft this week, who announced and the first, and they were the first to do so that integration to ChatGPT into the search engine Bing and web browser Edge. Marco mm. Follow will be filling in for Stephen Scott and explaining what this announcement means. Nice. Very nice. And that does that's an interesting announcement for sure, Paul. Mm. Look forward to it. Folks can check out the show at 9 a.m. in the morning. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Kelly. As mentioned, 9 a.m. Eastern on AMI-TV. Now with Dave Brown, a full complement of conversations there you can find. Um, Ramya, I, I do want to, before we get to reminding people of our contest, we've got to say tomorrow marks one month that we've been on the air doing uh, oh, the TV right. and uh, I am my audio simulcast. That's why we celebrate it. But the unfortunate part, folks, is today is the last day you can enter the contest, the dream big contest. It closes tonight. So you got to enter for that opportunity to win the uh, Temper Pro Adapt mattress. So remember to go to ami.ca slash KR contest to do so. And you got to do it today before 11.59 p.m. Eastern time. So please, please enter. We will be talking about the winner and the sense of announcing them uh, next week on the program. But today, your main task, go and enter to win. Uh, It's really nice, Ramya. And um, I'll, I'll say it today, a little premature. Congratulations on one month down. Oh, it's so awesome. Thank you so much, Kels. I, the same congrats back to you and everybody else who's involved. I don't necessarily keep track of how long it's been, but this is a huge milestone for us. I think, um, and looking at where we are now um, and being able to do this contest uh, is for us been really a wonderful thing yes. to get people involved, get people talking a little bit about the show uh, and to be involved with a wonderful partner in this giveaway, knowing how much they've done for the community as well out there. Uh, the disability community is is splendid for us and we've had some really great guests 
that have welcomed us uh, to the airwaves on AMI-tv, uh, especially you out there, folks, and uh, very much appreciated. And uh, tomorrow, as we look at that uh, one month, uh, say one down, yeah. plenty more to go, Ramya. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's one episode at a time, one week at a time, but um, it's nice to have this, like this contest and our collaborations be part of that keeping track. And as you said, the people who have... Um, gone out and actually signed up for the contest and are excited about it. There are a lot of you. Yeah. Keep tuned in. We'll let you know when we will be uh, officially announcing the winner. On tomorrow's show, as we move to uh, one month on our Thursday edition, we have the uh, weekly roundtable. And tomorrow's guest is NBA TV's Canada, NBA TV Canada's Randy Urban. He's going to be talking to us. Of course, it's trade deadline day in the NBA, and we've got a lot to go over with him, Ramya. Mary Mamaliti is coming to talk food. My mouth is watering just thinking about it. It's the Super Bowl party <laughs> menu checklist, and she's going to give us everything from savory to snacks to uh, deep fried to desserts and even your favorite, Kel's chili. Yeah, I knew that was going to be on that <laughs> list. I was hoping not, but I knew we would hear that. Looking forward to all the other fantastic items. Um, and you joining us, 2 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. We'll see you, folks. Fedora's off to you. So I've been asked the question about our microphones for the show, especially since we've moved the TV. Many of you who listen to the podcast hear the vanity card recorded on this microphone. And uh, Ramya records on her normal one at home when she gets back to her, or is at home, I believe, uses the same one. And again, it depends where you are and depends on the situation. But when we're on TV, we're using lav microphones now, and it's just standard for TV use, uh, clipped to our shirt. So, you know, you know them as a lavalier, which doesn't give you the same kind of sound. And again, everyone's set up differently, and we have certain goals we're trying to achieve with using what we use. But uh, generally, what you're used to hearing, Rami and I are on our Neumann microphones, and they're a little bit more expensive um, and designed more for what we used when doing Kelly and Company. So I know for some people it's that, oh man, it sounds different. It's sort of like when we went on remotes and we look at it the same way, almost like this for us was hard to kind of accept. Um, being broadcast people from primarily radio, our team being primarily audio, we really wanted, is it possible to have that TV sound? Now, I, uh, excuse me, um, radio sound. Now I know from being on TV, no, no, I know my experience over the years we're going to use those microphones. It's going to sound very different. Uh, and that's something that I had to get used to when I first started to do TV interviews and then shooting a TV show. And you're going to have a real variety of sound there. Um, unless you have the money to have places wired and that's going to give you your, your really unique sound that takes hours to do for the kind of content we were shooting. That's not really what it was called for. Um, so that's where you get such a diversity, such a difference. And I know for many of us who that's our ears are our primary and when things don't sound, hey, I'm not used to that. It's just as jarring as, I guess, changing a set behind somebody on camera. And for those in the visual audience, whoa, whoa, hold on. What's going on here? Hopefully um, it's not too objectionable. We are still, as we go along, tweaking it and working on different things that we're trying to, to get things post-launch together. So I just wanted to address that because I've had people ask questions about that um, who aren't in the business kind of saying, well, hold on. What is this? Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.